The Bankwest Business Insights Podcast. I'm Christo Hall. Innovation, it's become a real buzzword in Australia. We're in the midst of the ideas boom. We're becoming a knowledge-based economy. And the truth of the matter is that this is a great thing for Australia, as innovation creates untold opportunities for small businesses to grow and succeed. It's not a good idea to be flat-footed in business. You've got to move with the times and fostering a culture of innovation within your small business helps you become a leader rather than a follower. Thanks to Bankwest, this podcast will dive into what innovation means to Australian small businesses and why an innovative culture is a key driver of success and we'll also share some tips and tricks on how you can innovate on a budget. I'm joined by Richard McAllister, Customer Transformation Officer at Bankwest. He's a business leader and a champion at harvesting talent and driving innovation within organisations. G'day, Richard. Hey, Christo. Thanks for having me in today. Thank you so much. So we're in this innovation age. Even the Prime Minister has a, an innovation agenda. Uh, innovation seems to underpin the, the future economy and it's everywhere. So buzzwords aside, what does innovation you know, actually mean to Australian small businesses? Well, I think... For starters, it means different things to different people. In the research that we did behind the Bankwest Future of Business Innovation Report, we asked some Australian businesses what innovation means to them. They said that it means growth and success. It means more efficient work processes and improving the existing products and services. Most Australian businesses are embracing uh, innovation in some way, but I believe that they, they have to. If you look at the rate of change over the years, then it's clear to see why we're innovating. And I think that's because we're forced to, because of the competition and because of the speed of change. So look, if I give you a couple of examples, if we look at how long these things took to reach 50 million users, you're going to see the dramatic rate of change that we're dealing with today. So the telephone took 75 years to reach 50 million users. The radio, 38 years. TV, 13 years. The internet took four years and Facebook took three and a half years. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> wow. Right? Yeah. And then we get really crazy, which is Angry Birds. That took 35 days to reach <laughs> 50 million users. And if anyone remembers the classic uh, Gangnam Style um, oh, song yes. that was released, of course. the follow-up single, which the, the name uh, eludes me now, that took 24 hours to get 50 wow. million downloads. Yeah, that's huge. That so is massive. The, the, the rate of change is forcing us to respond quickly to the market and to be more nimble. And the other thing that I believe is that the back in the days when we had bricks and mortar businesses, shops were in control. They held the stock. They decided mm. when they opened and they closed. They decided how you entered the shop and what you saw. But that's gone. Those days are gone, right? Now the consumer is in control because of the digital marketplace. Wow. Yeah, that, that is huge. Look at those and the little opportunities for the little players there. You know, someone can have more followers than uh, than all of these huge platforms you've mentioned by creating a, a new innovative idea like, um, you know, a little birds game. <laughs> so, uh, super cool. And, um, and Bankwest has examined this, like the role of innovation deeply, particularly when it comes to, to small business. And so, so, what are main benefits of focus on innovation, I guess? So look, as we're starting to explore this, the innovative culture in the workplace has great benefits. The businesses that we surveyed said that the business and revenue growth were the two biggest benefits of innovation in small business. But in terms of customers, they also told us that it has a much more positive experience on their customers and it gives them the ability to offer better products and services with a greater focus on innovation. It allows them to their business to win, their customers to win. But I also believe that it allows your employees to win too. 
you will generate a massive amount of energy and enthusiasm by allowing your employees to solve the problems that you're facing. And I mean, that's just sort of basic to me, but I see lots of lots of companies that don't actually get the employees who are, who are feeling the problem to solve the problem. Mm. And as a human, it feels good to solve problems, right? Absolutely. My advice would be you can do this in a relatively small way. One example would be doing lots of small experiments within your business to find ways to solve problems. For example, asking people within your value chain questions on how you could become better. So ask your suppliers, ask the people in the process, ask your distributors, ask your customers. And in a very quick, cheap experiment, you'll have some data on where things aren't so great and you could generate some ideas on how to address them. And that's where you start to get some insight into your business. Very cool. So you, so your research shows that a number of Aussie businesses, like small businesses, are embracing uh, innovation already, 87% in fact. And three in five say that innovation is a driver of strategy in their business. But what does that look like? Like what practices are businesses employing to drive innovation currently? Yes, this is a really interesting one. And, and one of the most common innovative practices that we're seeing that the businesses are using, uh, not surprisingly, is social media. And I'll come on to a little point about that in a second. But some other things that, they do, uh, that they're doing include cloud computing, so they can access their data away from the workplace. There's a heavier emphasis on data analytics, so really drilling down to understand their customers and their purchasing habits. That allows them to evolve with what their customer needs are and to respond to those things. Coming back to the social media point, I'm guessing everybody knows this, right? But And I've just tried to sort of summarize this in a sentence, but social media is word of mouth on steroids. <laughs> it's times 1,000, times 10,000. You can get very good at this without the need of a marketing and brand company. The trend that we're seeing is allowing lots of small businesses to compete and outperform some of the big players on Instagram, Facebook, and Snapchat. And you mentioned it earlier, Christo, you know, small nimble players can actually compete with the with the bigger players by the fact that they can adapt and change the way they operate and they can utilize something that previously you had to have a big marketing budget to do tv ads or to um, have a presence those days are, are are going and right now you could you could amplify your brand in a very cost effective way and you can you can outperform and you can see benefits that you that you might not have even known that existed before. Yeah. The only real cost, Christo, is your time. So <laughs> yes. if you can commit to posting, replying, giving value away in the long term from a brand perspective, you will do well. But this is a long term play. Yeah. My advice to someone who doesn't use it much is to either invest your time learning or to spend money on getting someone who knows what they're doing there. There's so many business opportunities that you will fall into through social media exchanges. Huge. This is massive. So it, 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 touching on the points there too, where it's looking at one of the biggest benefits is increased revenue. So I hope our small business listeners, their ears are pricking up right now. It's kind of, here's the importance of to, uh, to get it. Cause it's always hard to, to dedicate, you know, resources to it when you can't see the benefits yet. Right. But uh, hearing from the, you know, someone like yourself, I hope this uh, reinforces that point, the importance of it. So there's this concept called open innovation. Can you tell us more about the theory behind this. Yeah, so it's, it's basically a concept that use ex, you're using external ideas as well as the internal ideas for innovation and, and inspiration. So don't just look inside your own business, um, but look at the external environment and see what others are doing and take inspiration from that. So if you look at today's world, 
businesses are turning to online media for innovation inspiration, as well as attending industry events and, and conferences. And I know that small businesses don't have a great deal of time, but the opportunities are out there right now require us to, you know, spend more time in the community, connecting with other small businesses and learning about ways that we can improve. There's some trends that I'm seeing around behaviours in organisations. And I'll give you an example. There's a behaviour and, and a trend towards going from profit to purpose, going from hierarchies to network, going from controlling to empowering, from planning to experimentation, and from privacy to transparency. And the digital marketplace really breeds that transparency and it comes back to brand. There is no hiding place if you're not doing a good job serving your customers when you're online. <laughs> if you're doing a good job, people recommend you, people know about it, and your brand grows. Is Australia kind of a leader when it comes to innovation or have we got a lot to learn from other countries? Where do you think we're, we're at? I think we're doing okay. What I notice is we tend to beat ourselves up a little bit about the fact <laughs> that we're not there yet. <laughs> yep. And then, you know, you go overseas um, and look at other countries, look at other organisations, look at other cultures, and we're not a million miles away and we're actually doing really well in some things. The, the work ethic of the Aussies, so I'm over, you know, moved here seven years ago. I'm mega impressed with the go hard attitude. People <laughs> people want to work and want to work hard. And I think that working hard results in outcome, right? It just depends what you're working on, which is probably the secret sauce. There's uh, so many areas to innovation as you're bringing up, because I think a lot of small businesses think that it's it's this really expensive thing. It sounds like I've got to just have the latest technology probably to some. It's like, what is innovation? It's like, and you've mentioned even for suppliers and team. And so what's your, what are your thoughts um, you know, when you, when we'd hear the small businesses thinking, oh, it sounds expensive, you know, sounds like this, uh, this massive investment to stay innovative. So is that a fair assumption? I think there's a range. And what we saw from our report was that lots of small businesses are, are innovating on a budget and that it doesn't have to be expensive. It doesn't have to be drastic either. It's about thinking smarter and a little differently about the way you're operating today. My view on it is that constraints are one of the best recipes for innovation. So if you don't have a great deal of money, if your time to market is poor, if your competition is red hot, it forces you to innovate. <laughs> and that's sometimes where the best the best ones come from. If you look at your business, what is going to differentiate you? So what differentiates you today, you know, roll on five years, is that still going to be the case? We've seen so many industries disrupted through the digital platforms. That if your industry hasn't been disrupted or you're a main player, you need to be making sure that you're looking around at what's going on because everything is up for grabs right now. Absolutely. So, so let's look at this at innovation even more on a budget. One of the the points that Bank West made here is returning to old school ways of doing business. Um, I guess we can't can't forget our roots. So, what are we talking about here? What what are you referencing here? So, for example, automated emails. You know, don't make you feel like you're the most important person in the world. And sometimes they can be confusing and they can be wrong and it doesn't have your context. So. Old school ways like picking up the phone, saying to someone, look, we've just sent an email out. It's an automated response. Don't worry. We've un we've read your extra notes in the thing that you've submitted. We're on to it. Uh, my name's John and I'll be taking care of you. If you need me, here's my number. Simple things that make a big impact to people. I'll give you an example. We do this throughout the businesses that I've been to visit in Australia. Using things like post-its and, and cards and stationery. And the reason for that is Excel sheets and Word documents are hidden in someone's computer and there is no visibility. I have a, a little belief 
that visibility is key to culture change. I'll give you an example of that. If you want to reduce your expenses within a company, like travel expenses and eating out, dinner expenses, meal expenses, don't tell everyone to watch expenses. Just make expenses completely visible to the whole company. So anybody can see anyone else's expenses. And when I've seen this done before, what happened was the people who travel a lot stopped staying at the best hotels. They stopped eating the best food and (laughs) red wine with their dinner because everyone else was going to see them. So accountability through visibility is is really key, right? Mm. So things like post-its and cards are tactile things and a post-it you can move around. So let's imagine you're doing the priority for the next day or the next week and you write them all on post-its and you stick them up. As soon as you realize one's more important than the other, you can just move them around. So there's very low technology, high engagement, culturally they're brilliant and collaboratively they're brilliant. There's techniques that we use that you can find out online, you know, different ways of working that really amplify efficiencies. They really amplify outcome and they also give people energy because you know, I don't know if you've ever had to look for an Excel sheet at the 6,000 things that we've got to do, mm. but it's pretty bland, right? And you don't really feel that inspired. Yeah, mate, it's it's brilliant hearing a, an innovation expert like yourself talking about post-it notes and, and these things. This is exactly what I want to hear. I think we can all digest this because innovation prior to this conversation can be a daunting thing. It's like people think, oh, what, I've got to develop the next app. You know, it's better just stripping it back to to provide extra value and, and make sense of it. This is gold. So thank you for uh, pulling it back in that way, of course, and sharing so openly. What about workspaces? They, this is an area of innovation. Uh, a lot of workspaces have become, you know, more innovative and flexible and collaborative. Like we have these working hubs that seem to have popped up in every city all over the place now. Can these be, be beneficial in a variety of ways? I mean, so traditional office settings aren't really conducive to collaborative working. And if we think about the sort of the trend in the 80s and 90s was to have, you know, closed little cubicles that you worked at. Um, and and we're, we're going completely the opposite way to that, right? And to innovate, you need different spaces where your employees can meet and discuss and brainstorm, but also areas where they can, they can work and have focus. So things like flexible working arrangements, they go a long way to helping increase collaboration, but also increase innovation. Giving employees the option to work from different spaces will also help with not only their well-being, but also their positivity. And this really boils down, for me, this really boils down to you are going to want the best talent in your company. doesn't matter what you're selling, you need talent to make your thing successful. Is that, am I right, Christo? Absolutely. Absolutely. So so what you're going to need now, what you're going to need one year from now, and what you're going to need in five years, and I'm going to guess that you don't currently have it. You either need to be training your guys up based on what it's going to look like in one year, three years, five years, or you're going to need to have some sort of flexible model where you can pull people in that you need and then you can let them go. And I've got a theory that might be small businesses sharing these type of resources. For example, videography, designers, animation skills. I mean, have you seen some of those... I don't know what they're called, but they're basically someone draws a cartoon and talks over the top of it, and they're all over Facebook and YouTube. Have you seen those type of yeah, things, Christo? Yeah, yeah. Like, they're pretty engaging, right? Because like it's basically yes. someone drawing on a whiteboard. Yeah, exactly, like it's, the animated voice-style video, it's, yeah. It's so cool, and people are connecting with pictures. We've been drawing pictures since the dawn of man. It's how we... We need the visual, data. how we, we communicate, right? Yeah. So if your business doesn't have videographers, designers, animation skills, 
then you're going to probably want to think about that because you want to bring your product to life on different platforms and you're going to need that type of skill and you're going to need that type of outlet. And then if you're going to want to attract these type of talent, you can't have a horrible culture. You can't have a horrible workspace because they won't want to come to you. And these, these people are in demand. So what's going to differentiate you as a business to attract them? I always believe the, the number one asset is the team. Uh, they're the ones that will be there through the, the thick and the thin or the change in the economy and everything else as long as we look after them. There we have it. Richard McAllister there from Bankwest. Thanks so much for your time today, Richard. No worries, Christo. It's been a pleasure, mate. Innovation is fundamental to the success of businesses moving forward. As we've discussed today, there's a lot that businesses can do to stay at the forefront. The Bankwest Future of Business Innovation Report has more information on what businesses can do to innovate. So head on over to bankwest.com.au forward slash small business to download your copy of the report today. I'm Christo Hall. Thanks for joining us for another episode of the Bankwest Business Insights Podcast and bye for now.